telling the whole story. Black history is American history. With Reverend John C. Russell, Jr. from University United Methodist Church in Indianapolis on episode number 48 of the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. You are welcome to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Bishop Trimble is on a mission to encourage you with the love of Jesus Christ so you can rise to your highest potential. On To Be Encouraged, Bishop Trimble speaks to a discouraged world with a good word on the pandemic, racism, the environment, human sexuality, and the state of the church with a focus on centering your life on the love of Jesus Christ. Has there ever been a more needed time for an encouraging word to our world? This is your time to rise to your greatest potential and to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Hello, good people, and welcome to To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble, the podcast where we look to offer an encouraging word to an often discouraged world. I'm your co-host, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. In this episode of To Be Encouraged, episode number 48, we continue a conversation about Black History Month with a conversation with Reverend John C. Russell, Jr., the senior pastor of the University United Methodist Church in Indianapolis. Reverend Russell speaks to Bishop Tremble and I about his experiences at University United Methodist Church in terms of redeveloping a neighborhood-oriented mission. And he talks about how that is wrapped up in understanding the influence and the power of the black church and of black history. And he talks about how a big part of that is understanding that black history is a part of American history and is integrated into the local church, a local church such as University UMC in Indianapolis. And where he talks about how the connection and the collaboration and the leadership development in the church is key to this process and how then collaboration with other churches in the community Uh, of United Methodists and other denominations is a part of that redevelopment process as well, as well as partnering with other community organizations, including the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department, for whom uh, Reverend Russell is a chaplain with the police department. He talks about how that helps respond to the needs of the community, and he goes on to talk about how, among the many things they did in this collaborative uh, partnership atmosphere, was take a group of people from several churches to Jamaica to be service to the mission there. But the biggest takeaway was how that became brought back applicable principles to the mission in their neighborhoods in Indianapolis. It's a story of revitalization, renewal, which lifts up of all races and situations in life in order to uh, serve the greater good. 
Bishop Trimble uh, shares this conversation about his uh, takes on what the mission of ministry at university is all about and the leadership of Reverend Russell. It's a fascinating conversation and is applicable to revitalization in every local church, whatever the setting. Take a listen now to this conversation between Bishop Julius C. Trimble, Reverend John C. Russell, and myself, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller, here on the To Be Encouraged podcast. Let's get into this conversation right now. Our special guest today is Reverend John C. Russell, Jr., the senior pastor of University United Methodist Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, a church that's growing and thriving under some sometimes challenging circumstances. And we're going to be having some conversation about growing and thriving in circumstances and also about Black History Month. And Bishop Trimble will help welcome our special guest to the podcast today. Hey, welcome, uh, Pastor Brother John Russell. I had a chance to worship with him uh, periodically and most recently uh, uh, on a Sunday, uh, the last Sunday of Black History Month. And I just want to thank you for the powerful message. Uh, no need for defense from uh, the from the book of Nehemiah. So it was a great welcome to the podcast. And uh, we look forward to your your contribution with us today. Man, good morning. Thank you for having me. I really like to always start things off, John, by just little, learning a little bit more about you and yourself, your own faith journey, a little bit about how you came to Christ in the first place and how it transpired to be called in the ministry and eventually leading you to University UMC in Indianapolis. My faith walk began actually at a Wesley Foundation in South Mississippi. I was there at Southern Mississippi. The Wesley Foundation had United Methodist Church, some women, uh, and they would come to our campus every Wednesday, I believe, uh, mostly feeding us because we were young college guys. And, uh, we ate ourselves to death with tons of baked products. That relationship really shifted to them asking us to teach Bible studies, allowing us to walk in prayer moments. And they really became mothers and grandmothers in our college experience and, and opened up the door for many of us, uh, actually all of us uh, who Wesley Foundation are now serving churches in some capacity, be it in the Methodist Church or other denominations. And so that Wesley Foundation, that college experience, it created an avenue into a, a, a church, a spiritual walk that was really unexpected. I left South Mississippi, of course, I continued work at a, a church in South Alabama, which was the Alabama, uh, Alabama West Florida Conference. And I stayed there uh, serving uh, for about eight years, uh, St. John United Methodist Church. Uh, and from there, I uh, actually made it up here to Indiana, and I know, but uh, it has been a great experience coming here. Um, I'm great, um, great for the relationship that I had with uh, the superintendent, uh, who I knew well, who actually um, spoke to me about university and the conference before I came. Uh, Dr. Fulbright uh, has been a great mentor uh, in ministry, opening doors and, and offering opportunities of where God is calling me into the season. And uh, I really feel that I have walked into that space uh, into the conference here uh, as we continue to work and serve here at university. Well, Bishop, I know you really were struck by the sermon that uh, that Pastor Russell gave from Nehemiah regarding Black History Month and had some other things you really wanted to, on your heart that you wanted to talk to him about. Yeah, let me just first say that I, that I am possessed by a vision of a greater United Methodist Church. I, some people want to talk about disaffiliation. I want to talk about Jesus. So I'm possessed by a vision of greater United, greater United Methodist witness that is so in love with Jesus that it literally shakes the world. And I see that happening in a variety of places. Uh, I was recently in Peru, Indiana, at Peru Main Street. And then 
uh, was at the Metro Ministries breakfast on the east side of Indianapolis. And Sunday, I was at two churches at University and St. Luke's. Uh, both of them had powerful worship experiences and, and did not skip over the fact that this was Black History Month. And I appreciated that, appreciated that at, at university. The reason Black History Month is celebrated in February is because when Dr. Carter G. Woodson began to promote this important missing part of American history in 1915, it was already it already had been celebrated in black in black communities because it was the birthday month of Abraham Lincoln and, and the abolitionist Frederick Douglass. So it really was introduced by Dr. Carter G. Woodson in 1926 as Negro History Week. And uh, academic scholars, particularly black academic scholars in, in major white universities and black universities began to kind of take hold of it in, 19, in the 1960s. And believe it or not, President Gerald Ford actually declared Black History Month in 1976 and the Congress passed a, a law uh, in 1986 designating it uh, of February as Black History Month. But sometimes churches don't know how to embrace that particularly uh, Brad and John in this current environment, people have become so angst, so much angst about CRT and this side, this, that, and the other, and forget, uh, and you did a wonderful job in the recent Sunday, John, uh, reminding people that, that our story is part of the story and part of American history. And, to, and actually to neglect that is to, is to rob all children and adults from from what we need to know. Can you say a word about you? You started off with a litany. I didn't remember of all of the governors and so forth who were trying to uh, do away with pieces of that. And can you just let our listening audience know a little bit about what what's under attack in this country now, and what moved you to preach from Nehemiah around the importance of telling our story and the story and how our story is so important. Uh, of course, the God story as well. In my sermon for Sunday, reminding people the importance of, of what we experience uh, as persons of color, and it appears that our own history, our history is, is under attack. And, and I began my sermon talking about Governor DeSantis making a, um, the decision to really reject this advanced placement course for African studies uh, there in Florida. What that means for the persons who were there, dealt with it in New Hampshire. There was a Spanish teacher who was so afraid uh, to put up Black Lives Matter stuff inside her class. Um, in Texas, we had people who uh, felt as if that teaching African history or our Black American history was so political that they didn't want to in introduce that into their, their class or course. Oklahoma teachers uh, began to think twice about using even white to, descri to describe those persons who helped those persons who were in, in slavery uh, years ago. When we start a litany like that, when we start uh, talking about um, our experience, our our history, if we become afraid to be truthful, uh, then we lose a fabric of who we are as a nation. One of the greatest things about our country is our own diversity and how we have risen from those types of ashes to be able to recognize each other, see each other uh, where we are. How do we uh, grow from our past, uh, be it good or bad? And so uh, we, when, you know, we, we pulled together uh, this sermon for Sunday in our own experience. This becomes one of those moments where uh, we must learn to celebrate all of our history uh, because uh, it's not individual. Uh, but the reason why we have to home in on African-American or black history is because 
uh, it's really been taken away and there's now a fear to say how do we even teach these this history these moments these expressions uh, without also feeling attacked that becomes a real work for all of us uh, to where we can pull politics out of our our, our life uh, but really celebrate who we are uh, our diversity as as a nation hinges on the fact that we celebrate each other in our own differences and so, you know, in our text, when we began to look at um, out of Daniel, when we start looking at, you know, these young uh, boys uh, who were with Nebuchadnezzar, you know, they, they are, are asked to reject a part of who they are and then they don't do that. Uh, and so we can't reject uh, our own history because we can lose a, the, a part of who we are and the fabric that makes us um, great Americans, great brothers and sisters as we celebrate all of our history. When people were beginning to uh, repulse against Black Lives Matter, uh, and it wanted to, you wanted to say, oh, well, blue lives, all lives matter. All of that can be true at the same time, but let's not suppress the fact that, you know, when my house is burning down, we need to, we need to get some water on my house before we just start spreading water all across, across the, the, the neighborhood houses. So I, I really appreciated the way in which you also tied in the fact that if we're going to be faithful, we got, we have to also be willing to put up with those who would who would put hurdles. I often say, uh, Brad and John, that, you know, throughout history, they, we have, they have, hurdles have been placed in front of uh, people of, of the African diaspora and brown and brown and black and uh, people of uh, indigenous people, hurdles have been placed in front of us and we found a way to become world-class hurdlers. <laughs> so, so, so that's one of the things that we've been able to, 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 to over, over overcome. But one of the things that you said also, uh, Pastor John, was that we have to think about this as being woven into history throughout uh, the year and and throughout, you know, the stories continue to be added, you know, they added on a whole new generation of people, uh, of poets and artists and, and scientists uh, uh, of every hue are contributing to, as Dr. King would say, uh, uh, moving the arc, uh, bending the arc towards justice. And so we think that that is one of the roles in which we play as persons of faith, Brad, is to how do we move and bend the arc towards justice? And and I say towards Jesus uh, as, as unapologetic Christians. Can you say a word, Pastor John, about the resurgence at university? I know pastors some pastors don't like to brag about their churches, but usually if you give them a little encouragement, it doesn't take much to tell people, you know, they have a thousand members on Sunday when they may have 400. But but I, I, I just want you to say a word because it's it, there has been a measurable difference. I know Dr. Forbright, the superintendent is, I've been there on Sundays periodically before you came and after you came, no disparaging on those who preceded you. But obviously there are some things that have changed maybe in terms of what I've seen, and maybe you could talk about your mission, your recent mission trip to Jamaica as well. And Brad, you may want to ask about that as well. Sure. Uh, what, what has changed? There seems to be more of an outward focus at the church. And I attribute that to you as a pastor. And I know it's never only just the pastor. Can you say a word about your time uh, at the university and what has worked? Other people, other people want to know what works. <laughs> uh, so, um, university has has been since I've been here a it, it, a strong church. Um, it offers great bones when I when I came in, into the ministry. 
Um, but a couple of things that we did um, when I first came on board was we began to, to take on a new branding for the church, um, how we identified the church. Uh, and for us, we, we really became uh, more uh, focused on what's happening outside in our community. Uh, our vision statement um, is to make sure that we are Christ-centered, engaging disciples into mission. Uh, and so what we're doing is making sure that we are constantly connecting with those persons in our community, uh, even, even so much so that uh, we extend most of our ministries. Uh, we relaunch our, our outreach ministries and our, and our missional groups to make sure that everything that we do in our congregation incorporates those persons who are not members and members as well. I definitely take all the credit. Uh, we have a phenomenal memory um, that feeds into the fabric of our community, into our hearts uh, as they sing every Sunday. I give them a ton of credit for that. Uh, over the last three years, university, uh, we've seen an increase in our membership, our baptismal numbers, uh, as we have those persons who are baptized in our church. Uh, we are launching new ministries uh, continuously that feed to the need in our community and not just ourselves. And also over this, this three to four year period, uh, we've renovated spaces in our church to make sure that our congregation, uh, our worship space um, meets the needs of our communities for those persons who visit us for the first time. And actually while we're on the podcast now, we're in the middle um, of extending uh, our entryway into the church. So we are actually uh, in the middle of a church bill now. Hopefully it'll be done um, uh, around the beginning of August um, as we can celebrate an opportunity for refacing our church as we have done many other spaces inside the building. Well, make sure you invite your bishop. <laughs> we definitely will. Uh, made it back from Jamaica. Uh, we uh, took a team of 24 in partnership, Bethel Cathedral AME Church, uh, Crossroads AME, uh, and New Era Baptist Church. Uh, as we went to Kingston, Jamaica, and we supported um, not only uh, some orphanages that's there, uh, we worked with some small schools and had an opportunity um, to teach and work uh, in some local churches that was uh, there. Uh, and this is major because a lot of times we always assume mission is for uh, the people who we go to see, uh, but really, again, it transforms our own ministry. Uh, we were on the airplane uh, and traveling back to the U.S. And, and have had these conversations now of how can we reach our community in new ways here in Indianapolis? How can we uh, strengthen um, missional efforts and community relationships within our own church? How do we disciple, uh, you know, old school disciple? How do we disciple our family members, friends, our community? And how do we have a value into that? Uh, and it's important for a congregation to be so woven and connected into the community. Um, that becomes the power of the church. We've been having great numbers uh, on Sunday. Uh, I don't know how many, because normally I try to never look back uh, until I get up and I'm always surprised. Um, but it's been great. Um, we have not seen a decline in our ministries because we are more focused on what pulls our community together than what separates. That's very important for us. So, John, I, w I was wondering, if you've, you mentioned your mission in the community connected also ecumenically with other churches. I think that's awesome as a piece of what you shared where there, but going to Jamaica, I was wondering if you found out some transferable principles from Jamaican folks or from the folks there, what they are doing that you can then relate or apply to your neighborhoods and in connection to the neighborhoods and, and mission outreach there. Uh, most definitely. Um, they actually had this uh, Sunday school program um, that was there uh, at one of the churches where we serve. And it was so important to make sure that if there was a child in the neighborhood that was around, they went and got the kids. Um, we will have programs for ourselves that are always inward focused. I and mean, like the bishop says, maybe we need to steer this towards uh, back to Jesus. But that Jesus 
moment has to be in those kids, those adults, those seniors that are there. Uh, we went and dropped off uh, food um, and, and many uh, healthy uh, products for uh, some of the seniors that was there. So in that one moment of serving the church, the community, of being structured of how they want to make sure that they extend education as far as the, you know, biblical teachings, it incorporated every age group for every person in the community. Um, and so there was not a moment where a person who was in the community was not welcome. And every place we went, they offered food. And Bishop, I ate myself to death. Um, I want to have a lot of running uh, to, to, to catch up where I was. Uh, but it was important. They realized that we couldn't help anybody unless we fed them. And so they were welcome because once they came, they received fellowship, love, and compassion, and a connection. And so in our churches, we sometimes, and, and I, I'm, I speak to self, we will have so many inward-focused programs um, that we lose the fact that we're not connecting with our community same. Bishop, what are you hearing here in our conversation with uh, with John and the folks at university? Uh, what are you feeling? What are you, what something struck really in your heart of hearts about what you heard here? But in particular, what do you feel are maybe some transferable principles or some learnings that can be applied to that pastor or that struggling church? Be they in an urban setting, like I know university is, or small town, or even rural. What are some of the principles we can learn here? I think one of the things we can remember, a couple of things. One is that the church is the only entity, organization, movement that was created for people who are not already inside. Sometimes we forget that. But when you think about the Great Commission, Matthew 28, we think about the work of Jesus. It, yes, we do have to care for our members. But I think what happens is once we have a membership and, and more, more often in, in the West and in in other places in Africa, they have less of a problem because they have less focus on the building, you know, on their on their their edifice. Uh, but we have, we have to, and that's part of the role of the Pat John has been very effective of that, reminding people that the church has been created for people who are not already members for our communities, and that as someone said uh, said, you know, we can we can't transform the world simply by going to church, only by being the church, and I think with university and other churches like that are realizing that how do we learn how to actually be the church going to Jamaica? Uh, often people probably think of Jamaica as being on the beach and having a good time and listening to some Marley, good Marley music. <laughs> but, but, uh, but you all, you were there and a number of churches there actually being transformed, even as you were participating in transformational ministry. So, so I think part of it is remembering that the church is really, it really doesn't belong to me or to you when we, even when we went, and what I like about the United Methodist Church, we have open communion. We say, hey, you don't even have to be a member of this church or this denomination. Christ, invi Christ invites us to the table. And so I really appreciate, uh, and sometimes it's easier said than done, Brad. We know that, mm -hmm. you know, we say we want to be out and focus, but I want you to make sure you visit Aunt, Aunt on Sarah when she's in the hospital. And I want, you know, I want to make sure that people don't just come sit in my pew. You mentioned, we've mentioned several kind of good, positive things here, but the reality is, John and Bishop, we live in some challenging times. We live in a time where there is rampant racism, and you've spoke about it in some of the governmental entities, governors and so on, and it, it's permeated school systems and local governments and 
local neighborhoods, local churches. It's permeated all those places. Just this morning, uh, just this morning, I happened to notice four or five shootings. We all three of us live in Indianapolis. Difficulties everywhere, and we not let alone all the challenges we have in our United Methodist Church with disaffiliation over sexual issues and so on. Uh, John, I'd just like you to speak to how a church can speak these words, these prophetic words you get from Nehemiah and other place, in such such times as these? Oh, wow. Uh, so for a congregation today, um, and, and so I, I put a, a little pause here. Um, I do serve as the, the chief chaplain for um, the Indianapolis Police Department um, since I've been here. I started off as a volunteer uh, and end up going into uh, that role as, as the lead for the unit. Um, but as we look at um, rising suicide rates in Indianapolis, as we look at um, homicide numbers, uh, the truth is all persons, all races, all genders uh, are affected by this. Uh, and for the church, there has to be a response. Um, and I may not know what that answer may be, but I do know that at some point, we who are the church have to find ways to connect back with our community to let people see that there is a value in their own life. Uh, it is almost impossible to love your neighbor if you don't love yourself because you may not know what love is. Uh, and so those persons who do not have a relationship with God, those persons who do not have a relationship with Christ, they should start somewhere and at least have a relationship with someone inside the church. Um, you know, every every day I see or, or receive information on persons who have lost their life with violent crimes uh, or have, who have been attacked. Um, and that feeds into our community uh, a level of, of sadness and fear, uh, and it stops growth. Uh, but, you know, there, I don't think that there is a, a, a complete uh, remedy for this, but I do think that there is a response from the church. Uh, and I think the church has to be engaged in, in their community. Um, the church has to be engaged with those who are hungry, those who are dealing with house fires, those who deal with suicides, and be able to at least connect people to resources that say, um, you may be dealing with depression and we may not have the skills to help, but we can connect you with somebody who can help you. We can't leave our, our folks anywhere. Um, one of the biggest reasons uh, that motivated me um, to, to really work with IMPD uh, was during the pandemic. I realized that there were more people who looked like me who were dealing with suicide. There were families who were being left behind and there was young black men and young white men and young Hispanics who were shooting each other um, carelessly. And there has to be a response from the church. Uh, and so uh, going out, talking to those families, letting them know that we see you, we care, we pray, regardless of how you feel, um, became major for me. Uh, and even, even today, that is a work that continues because um, there is something that the church is fighting. And, and I'll be honest, um, I've not spent one day thinking about disaffiliation, um, but I, I want to make sure that I'm resolving those who are broken, hurt in, in, in the, the parish, the community that I'm called to serve. Um, that has been my outward focus uh, for our congregation is um, God is strengthening our church and we see the fruits of our labor, but we have to focus on, on, on what's the main thing. And that's that people know Christ, that people come to a relationship to be saved, that people know that the church is not dead. And I, I cannot experience a dead church. I only know a church that has been thriving. I have never served a church uh, a moment where I felt that God was powerless. We are always victorious and in our victory, I need somebody else to be with me. I don't want to get to the pearly gates by myself, and I don't want to just be there with my kind.
patients. So we have to find ways to reach out. And reaching out isn't reaching out to black and brown, it's to everybody. Every zip code has a major issue that needs help. And the church is the response to that. You know, when we have crime and hate, the response to that is the word of God, the gospel music, and the gospel context. So there is a response that we have, but we have to be able to focus on on that. And I think sometimes there becomes a cloud that, that distracts us uh, for what God is, is calling us to do. Um, but we're very focused on that. And I'm excited to have a team here at university and partner, partner churches. Um, we partner with Scott UMC a lot um, that's out on the east side. Uh, and so we're just excited of how we can collab with other congregations because I may not have everything, but together we all have it to, to work out. Uh, and that's our joy. Pastor John, what do you do to, to feed your own soul? And, you know, my wife, if she was listening, she would say she'd be asking this question because if you don't fill your cup, you have nothing to share. If you don't care for the temple that God has given you, I mean, do you work seven days a week, 24 hours a day? I mean, being a chaplain for the police department, a pastor for university. The first thing I do is I keep a sound relationship with my family. Um, we are a very close family. Um, most of y'all know I'm from the South. Uh, I enjoy hunting. And so when hunting season came in, um, I'm in the woods inside of a tree looking for uh, some, some deer somewhere. Um, but those are my God moments. Uh, also, I take time for physical care. Um, so I work out, I run uh, almost every day, every morning. Actually, I was in the gym this morning uh, before uh, we all got together. Um, physical care and taking time for self is so important, but I schedule myself on my calendar um, every day that I can as if it's a meeting. Uh, because if I didn't, it's easy to become overwhelmed with uh, church building projects, preaching on Sundays, uh, multiple Bible studies, um, the chapelcy work, people who are passing away, um, all of those things. But uh, I can't help anybody if I'm not well. Uh, and, and, and the other side of self-care is making sure you have a team around you inside your church that is able to support um, the vision of the church uh, and what you're doing, but also to step in um, um, when they notice and will call you out to say, hey, we got your back. Uh, when we traveled out to Jamaica, um, you know, our, our lay ministries here at the church did all of our studies. They preached on Sundays uh, and nothing stopped. And that was the greatest part about uh, being in, in a church where you have developed strong leadership. And I'm excited. Uh, we have about 24 uh, lay servants in the church. Uh, we have lay speakers. Uh, and any time that they say, Pastor, you need to sit down, they don't just say sit down. They say sit down. We got it. Uh, and those teams are important because we, we're called in this together. Uh, but, but Bishop, you're definitely right. Uh, it seems like every day something's happening, but I definitely make time to schedule for myself. Uh, but normally in my winters, uh, you always know I, I will be gone for at least a week or so uh, inside a tree in South Mississippi, hoping I can get the, the next prize. So I'm always excited about my hunting experience. Well, are, you, are you shooting wild turkeys, deer, or what, what are you shooting? A little bit of everything? Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of everything. So we do big games. So uh, we love white-tailed deer. Uh, and actually, uh, this year, I uh, had uh, one that was almost a trophy, uh, but he had a, a, a broken antler. So I was a little mad about that. And so uh, no no, no mount uh, this year. Uh, but I think in all, I think between me and my father, we had about 11. So uh, we got all that stuff wow. processed. But our theme is encouragement here on this podcast. And Bishop, I'd just like to hear what you are encouraged by by our conversation here today. And John, I'd like to hear a word what encourages you about 
the state of the church and about where we're at and things. So, well, I I just like to you know what 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 brings you joy? Uh, you know, Jesus. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes Jesus was unavailable. We ought to preach a series about that. Uh, maybe, uh, Pastor John, you can do that. You know, all of the times when Jesus was unavailable, they were looking for Jesus. So Jesus was unavailable. Or they say he went away to pray or he went away to stay. <laughs> and uh, so I think being unavailable. But what what uh, what are the things that, that bring you joy? And particularly given so much happening in the world, we could we could easily become discouraged. What encourages you? My my encouragement that I find here uh, in, Indian, in Indianapolis, uh, many of you know, well, y'all know I don't, you know, I don't have any family up here, uh, but there has been a great relationship with uh, just the congregation here uh, and local, local clergy and working together, watching our congregation, our church uh, work with other congregations has been a great joy. Um, and to see really walls of division that separate some of our denominations and some of our churches fall apart um, as we work together, y'all, I love it. Uh, we have partnered with quite a few churches here inside the city, uh, bringing our congregations together uh, and city entities. Uh, and it has been wonderful um, to really sit back and see that there's more that pulls us together than separates us. Uh, but besides that, I have joy of just uh, having great teams. Um, and, you know, you wake up every day and you're excited to know that um, you're, you know, impacting the world where God is calling you to be. You know, I came into the, the office this morning uh, and to see that, you know, the folks here at university, or trying to outplan me in some things that we do now. So they're always working ahead. They're they're meeting the needs of what's there, and they're so engaged uh, for, for what's happening. And um and it's 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 great. It's it's mm-hmm. a joy. Um, and and I I see more success. I see more power, more love, and compassion um, than I allow myself to take in those things um, that are not well. We can always harp on what's what's tearing us up, um, but man, sometimes we really got to focus on. Uh, what brings us joy and life and light. Um, and it's really that. It's, it's loving my neighbor as myself. And I love me some John, so I need to love my neighbor the same. And so, and bringing people on board. And now we're visioning, how can we be even more of an impact in our community? How can we share more love? And how can we use our own resources, not just money? How can we be a part of our community um, by of ourselves? Uh, and that brings my congregation joy. Uh, we have a large field, you know, we sit on seven acres of land. Uh, and last year, we celebrated having a soccer field used all of our warm months. I mean, we have almost 200 kids running around kicking soccer balls, uh, family showing up. And, y'all, that brings us joy, seeing kids outside playing, not in trouble, seeing mothers and fathers uh, here celebrating with us, and seeing our congregation supporting those efforts uh, just because we can. In most denominations and most, most churches, that's not even the money side. And we have to kind of really uh, begin to use the fabric of who we are to transform our neighborhood because that, that makes us happy. Well, Bishop, we always give you the last word. What encourages you about young dynamic clergy like John Russell and churches like University and in the context of Black History Month? What is encouraging to you? Well, I, I'm encouraged by uh, some of the messages that, that, that uh, are lasting and sustaining. I think about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. saying that uh, hate cannot drive out hatred. Only light can do that. Uh, I mean, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. And hate cannot drive out hatred. Only love can do that. So I'm inspired by those who are committed to loving God and loving neighbor. Psalmist writes in Psalm 18, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer. My God, my rock, whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. 
And so I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And so I shall be saved from my enemies. So I think, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm encouraged by worship and witness. Uh, and I see that happening all across the state of Indiana and across the globe. But people who are followers of Christ, we don't give up on, on, on people. And we don't give, certainly we're never going to give up on God because God is faithful. So I like to say to those who are listening, you know, to be encouraged uh, as you journey through 2023, your life is valuable. Uh, God loves you. There's nothing you can do about that, but receive that love and uh, share that love with other people. So I count it all joy uh, to be blessed by pastors like uh, John Russell and congregations like University and many, many other churches that are engaging their communities without apology with the love of Jesus Christ. What a wonderful way to conclude our conversation. And we do thank uh, Pastor John, Reverend John Russell, John C. Russell Jr. from University United Methodist Church in Indianapolis to be with us today on To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julia C. Tremble. This is the podcast where we offer an encouraging word to an often discouraged world. Thanks so much to uh, Reverend John C. Russell Jr. from University United Methodist Church for sharing his story. He, he shared about his faith, his faith journey through the Wesley Foundation and a college in Mississippi and through service in the in the in local United Methodist churches in Alabama and his journey here to, Indiana, to Indianapolis where he serves University United Methodist Church and his leadership in partnering with uh, lay leadership in the church and other churches and other entities in the community, including the police department, uh, is part of a revitalization program to serve the needs of many, and some good things are happening. You just need to listen to this story and to connect it with that. We'll put links to the University United Methodist Church website and other links uh, at our website, tobeencouraged.com. I hope you also heard uh, Bishop Tremble talk about uh, Black History Month and the impact that it has and the importance that it, it, it has. But perhaps the most important thing I've, Bishop Tremble shared here in episode number 48 was the emphasis upon Jesus. If we focus on Jesus over anything else, be it uh, racial differences or socioeconomic differences or disaffiliation, another uh, strife in the church, that will bring everybody together. Focus on Jesus more than anything else. That's a good word for today. Indeed, that is an encouraging word here on the To Be Encouraged podcast. We'll hope that you'll join us next time here on To Be Encouraged, where we'll continue to offer an encouraging word to a discouraged world. Until next time, good people, this is Reverend Dr. Brad Miller, your co-host for Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Remember to always do all the good that you can. Consider yourself encouraged and appreciated for listening to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Now, please share the blessing and encourage others in your life to listen to Be Encouraged. You can do just that by pointing your people to the website tobeencouraged.com. That's T O B E. E-N-C-O-U-R-A-G-E-D dot com or connect through Apple Podcast where you can follow, rate, and review To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julia C. Trimble. 
When you do that, you're doing your part to bring a good word to a discouraged world. Remember to listen next week to be encouraged with Bishop Julia C. Tribble and never forget, God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it.